Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm Rick Scotch, your host of the Scotch Parlor podcast, where we capture and share the journeys and stories of inspiring creators who are out in the world doing what they love. Inspire, explore, create. Life is good. Let's get started. Arwen Livingston, who's an amazing landscape photographer. I want to thank you, Arwen, for your time and your story today. But before I pass it on to you for you to say hello, let me give everyone a little bit more background on you and your creator craft. Arwen focuses on capturing landscapes, seascapes, and the sky through photography. She's based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. I came across Arwen through Instagram, her Instagram name being arwen.l, A-R-W-I-N dot L. Her photography is beautiful. It's fantastic. I really dig all of her landscape shots and the style she creates with her photos. I'm definitely a fan of her and her craft. I'm super excited to speak with you, Arwen, and for you to share your creator journey. And I will pass it on to you for you to say hello. Hi, I'm happy to be here. So so you're based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. How long have you lived in Las Vegas? Yeah, I've actually only lived in Las Vegas about three and a half years. Um, I've lived all over the U.S., actually. I was born in Massachusetts, um, lived there till I was seven, and then moved to Michigan. Um, and I lived in a suburb of Detroit until I was around 15. And in the middle of high school, I moved to Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I went to college at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, studied computer science, and um, then I moved to Portland, Oregon for one year, back to Chicago. Um, I was a software developer at the time. And then I moved to Los Angeles, and I actually lived in Los Angeles the longest of anywhere, which is 14 uh, years. Um, gotcha. Until moving to Vegas. So nice. I am familiar with California. <laughs> a lot. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So you got, that's awesome, though. So you've kind of been all over the place seeing, uh, seeing the, that may tune a little interest of why landscape photography really took a hold of you. <laughs> Just seeing different yeah. places. So, so then as far as, uh, as far as growing up, uh, where... Were you the, were you always the creative type? I know you said you went through software development. Were you, or were you the, I want to say the lemonade stand type of person or <laughs> just, or the athlete, whatever, what, what would you say as, as you were, when you were young, what, what were you doing? <laughs> well, I wouldn't consider myself creative. In fact, I never really consider myself creative even now. Um, but I mean, I did kind of like art as a kid, but I would consider myself more the nerdy kid, you know, who did good in school. Uh -huh. Um, I liked science and, uh, a little bit rebellious, I guess, compared to my sister, I was rebellious, <laughs> but not really. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so no, I mean, in fact, even in my photography, I think I more focus on the technical part. Um, and the art kind of comes from that because gotcha. that's just the way I tend to think about things. Nice. Okay. 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 And uh, was there a point like, well, when, when did you, before we even get into the like more details of, you know, as you developed your, your craft in photography, was there a, what was, when did you pick up a camera? Like when did it all start for you? Okay. Well, you know, I just had point and shoot when I was little and fat. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, but, um, when I was in college, I drove across the country with my sister because she was moving to LA and 
I had never, I mean, I had been to San Francisco and LA, but I hadn't really been to the middle of the country. Mm -hmm. And so when I got to like Colorado on the 70 and saw the mountains, that was just, I think, what started it for me. Um, I was hooked at that point. And so when I graduated from college, I moved to Portland, like I said, and that was when I first bought my first camera. Um, it was an SLR because it was before okay. digital. Uh-huh. Um, and I took a photography class there and I went out and shot, hiked and shot the mountains and did all of that stuff as much as I could while I was there. But then a year later, I moved back to Chicago and there wasn't really any landscapes for me <laughs> to photograph city, in Chicago. Right? <laughs> so I kind of gave it up for a while. Okay. Um, And then interestingly enough, it was later when I was traveling to India for work because I was a software developer and I managed a team in India. So for many years, I would go to India once and twice a year um, that I really started getting back into photography again because I wanted to capture all the places I saw and everything I saw in India. And when I went to the Himalayas there... then I rediscovered that kind of rekindled and rediscovered my love for landscape photography. So it's kind of been a long process over many years, but uh-huh. it didn't really, I didn't really start giving it my full effort until more recently. Nice. Okay. So what was your first camera? It was a Pentax. A Pentax. Okay. And it cool. was an SLR and I can't remember the model. Actually, uh-huh. I was going through my stuff a couple years ago and I found it. I still have it, but <laughs> awesome. I don't remember what the model was. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. And then and then as far as because obviously within the camera world, you kind of um you kind of stick to your brands. What was your what was your after Pentax, where did you go to Canon, uh Sony? What was your next uh well, actually, when I picked it back up um, years later, I don't even think I remembered that my first camera was a Pentax. And okay. so I started with Nikon. Um, okay. Oh, okay. And I had okay. a Nikon, a crop sensor Nikon, and then I moved to a full frame Nikon. But then a couple of years ago, or maybe a year ago, between one and two years ago, I switched to Sony because um, Nikon didn't have the mirrorless camera out yet. Uh And I really wanted something lighter because I do hiking for my photography and I'm not that strong. So (laughs) as light as it can be, the better, the further I can hike and the less tired (laughs) I get. And Sony really is a lot lighter. Like even the lenses are designed to be lighter. I mean, I think now that Nikon has mirrorless cameras, they're probably lighter as well. But at mm-hmm. the time, Sony was the one that had the mirrorless cameras. That so. makes sense. So that's how Sony yeah. got you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and there, as far as when you are taking, you know, your your photos with your Sony camera, uh, what, what's your favorite lens? So. Um, well, my favorite all-time lens actually is a Nikon lens. Okay, and okay. that's the Nikon fourteen to twenty-four f 2.8. I like wide-angle lenses. I mean, I use all different lengths, but I really like wide-angle, as you can probably tell from my photography. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason I like the fourteen to twenty-four of Nikon so much is because it's the one I've used that make the stars the most pinpoint and the roundest. Um, and I really like not having the aberration and the shape of the stars. 
Um, so I do a lot of astrophotography, so that's important to me. So now my most commonly used lens is the Nikon, is the Sony uh, 16 to 35 okay. F2.8. And I use that for astro as well as everything else. And there is some aberration in the stars and it bothers me a little bit, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the it's best that, I can do. No, and I mean, I don't. <laughs> there's positives to that lens as well, because it's easier to put filters on, it's lighter, it has a longer reach, um, and the sun star is beautiful, which is important to me as well. So, you know, there's trade-offs to all of them. Yeah, but. yeah. That's what, and that's why we have a bag full of lenses, right? right. <laughs> For those specific reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. So, oh, and just kind of like you hearing you talk, uh, even at the beginning, you 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 said you don't describe yourself as a creative per se, be more on the science, but how would you describe your style? So, I would say that my style is uh, realistic. Um, I try and capture what I see. Um, but I also want to share the feelings that I have when I'm out in nature with others. Like the goal of my photography is to share the feelings that I have when I'm out in nature with others. So if I witness a beautiful sunrise or sunset over a beautiful scene, I really want to share that feeling that I had while I was witnessing nature's beauty. And in order to do this, I really want to draw the viewer into the photo so that they feel like they're there. Um, so I try and find compositions that have a lot of depth to draw the user in. And while I would label my photography as realistic, I do use a few techniques which everyone might not consider realistic, such as like um, exposure blending, focal length blending, and time blending. So like if I'm watching a beautiful sunset and 15 minutes before sunset, there's light on the peak of the mountain, but the sky is completely clear. And then 10 minutes before sunset, some clouds roll in and the light on the mountains disappear, but now there's beautiful color in the sky. What I remember from the sunset is the light on the mountains and the beautiful color in the sky. I don't remember that they happened at different times, you know, in my head. So in my photo, that's what I want to portray. So I will sometimes combine photos, like the one with the light on the mountains and the one with the color in the sky. They were taken at the same place, didn't move the camera, just different points in time to convey that feeling of seeing that beautiful sunset. That's awesome. The way you said that was awesome. Like it's, I absolutely like, as far as, I mean, that's the art, right. As far as taking and compositioning it and, and blending it in. But, but the fact is that you, you have a style that you're aiming for and the, that that's really cool. The way you described that. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Scotch Parlor podcast. Just a quick reminder, make sure you make a visit to scotchparlor.com, subscribe to the podcast, and also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Scotch Parlor. Now back to the episode. To kind of talk about your routine. Uh, so, and I know the first time I talked to you, you were, you were about to go on a trip. Uh, you, you said you try to travel within six hours of where you're at in Las Vegas. Uh, and you were, I think you were, you were heading to Utah at that week, but what is your, so what is your routine? Like what, what, how often do you shoot? Uh, how, and then how do you plan it? Okay. Well, I always have a long list of things that I want to shoot <laughs> and I have them planned down pretty good detail. Like, um, you know, what time of day and what time of year and, whether it's sunrise or sunset or Milky Way. 
And I keep this long list in my mind and I have envisioned in my head what I would like to accomplish at that place from that shoot. So then I just have to wait until either the conditions are right, like I see that there might be a good sunset depending on where the clouds are. I use um, some visual weather applications and until it's the right time of the year. And then I'll go to that place, especially if it's within driving distance, which actually for me is probably more like eight hours than six <laughs> hours. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, so then I'll go to that place and try to capture what I've envisioned in my head and try and get those conditions that I think will make the most beautiful scene. So I don't ha- always have it planned down like to the point where I'm going to have this rock in this place, of course. But when I get there, I look for something like that to add depth to the scene. Um, Even if it's an overlook, I like to include um, some of the rocks in the foreground to give it a sense of depth. So when I get there, I get there early and I look for those kind of things. And then I just wait for, you know, what materializes in the sky and the weather and try and capture what I find the most exciting. And often I don't get what I want. So okay. then I have to go back and try again. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. But that's well, basically the process. So then are, do you find yourself, do you prefer the, the early rise or sunsets? It depends, it depends on the scene. So gotcha. depending on the way the mountains are or the, you know, the scene is, the rock is, I might want the light shining on it and that'll only happen at sunset. Or I might want a sun star in the middle of it and that'll only happen at sunrise. So for me, it really depends on where I'm shooting and what I think would be the best light conditions for what I want. Gotcha. So, so weather kind of tells you too, as far as uh, as far what time or what time of day you can do it. If I'm shooting on the West Coast, like the California coast, chances are it's going to be sunset because I'm going to want the sun over the ocean, uh, creating this beautiful scene with the light. But that's not always the case. Like if I go to Malibu, um, there's a beach there, El Matador State Beach, where it's self-facing. So I'd only shoot there in the winter and I could do sunrise or sunset. So things like that. That's cool. Okay. Okay. So then after <laughs> that, that's, that's just really cool though. I love, that's why I love asking that question, just to get in the mindset of how you do what you do. So then when you, when you, okay, you got your pictures, what, what's your go-to like for post-production? Is it, um, Lightroom? Uh, Photoshop, what what do you find, uh, what's your go-to application that you use? I use both. Um, I store my photos in Lightroom, like I organize, I should say, my photos in Lightroom and I'll do some basic adjustments there, but most of it is done in Photoshop. So that's Photoshop. how I'm able to do like the combining of the different exposures, the time blending. It, you can't mm-hmm. really do that in Lightroom. You need to use Photoshop. So I've just gotten in the habit of doing almost all my editing in Photoshop. Even if I'm not combining exposures or anything like that, I still do most of it in Photoshop. Photoshop. Cool, cool, cool. And then, so speaking of your work, what is what are your some of your favorite, and I'm sure you, I mean, I can name a lot, but, but what are ones that you found that are your favorite shots that you've done? I have two that are my favorites. Uh, my first is the shot of... Um, the keyhole arch at Pfeiffer Beach um, with the sun star shining through it. And I think 
not only do I just love the way the picture turned out, but it took me a lot to get that photo. Um, I actually went there three years in a row each December because this only happens a certain time of the year um, that the sun star, a lot of people shoot the beam of light shining through it. But I really like that sun star. That's kind of the thing I put in my photos that I like. So I intended to get the sun star rather than the beam of light. Um, so I tried three years in a row. The first year I got there and I really didn't expect there to be so many photographers there. And there were just so many photographers that I just left. I was like, I can't take this. Um, so then the second year, the road I went and the road was closed. Um, they were doing construction or something. So the third year, there was a big rainstorm. We were driving through Big Sur in the rainstorm, and we got there and the road was flooded. But some people were still driving through the flooded road, you know, if they had pickup trucks and stuff. And I've got a car that raises up and it's pretty high clearance. So we went through. There was actually still someone taking money at the entrance gate, but because, <laughs> <That's funny>. oh, <laughs> but because it had been flooded, there were very few people there, which is not normal this time of the year. Uh -huh. And so I got the clearing storm with the magnificent clouds and color and the sun peeked through the clouds just at the right time to make mm -hmm. the sun star. I was the only photographer there. So I got to go wherever I want to find the foreground and move around exactly what I wanted. And it just perfectly aligned. It was like, you know, third try was the charm. <laughs> that's so awesome. That's one of my favorites. And then the second favorite yeah. is um, the Milky Way over Lawson Peak at Manzanita Lake. And I think it might also be my favorite for the same reason. It took me a lot of tries to get that photo. Challenge. And I had envisioned in my head what I wanted. And whereas the Big Sur one, um, I got what I had envisioned. The Lawson Peak with Milky Way one is not at all what I had envisioned. What I had envisioned going there is that I would have Lawson Peak reflected in the lake. And I would have flowers or something in the foreground. And so I was there five days. The first four were cloudy, um, completely cloudy, raining. I couldn't get Milky Way at all. Uh -huh. And so the last night was clear. And I had scouted out. I had found these perfect flowers that I wanted to use. And I knew exactly what I wanted to take. So I went out there at night. And it was so windy. And I can't shoot flowers at night in the dark <laughs> when it's windy because it okay. would just be a big blur. So I scrambled around trying to find something else to shoot in the foreground. And I found that branch that's in it, which doesn't move. So uh -huh. I could use it in the foreground. And then, of course, since it was windy, I didn't get the reflection. But the way the colors from the sky ended up reflecting in the lake I thought just made it so much more magical than the reflection of the peak would have been anyway. So uh, even though it was not what I envisioned, it ended up being one of my favorite photos. And of course, I still keep going back there 
trying to get the ambition <laughs> shot, but I yeah. haven't yet gotten it. <laughs> that's so cool. That's, you know, that's what I love about photographers that do what you do specifically, because there's a story behind the picture and, you know, and it's, it's not just a quick snap, it's planning and what you envisioned. And then when you're in this situation, being flexible and finding it, you know, seeing another shot uh, and, and making something beautiful that I think that is, that is just really cool that there's a story behind, you know, each of your photos. And furthermore, when we talk about, so you, you, you took the pictures, you, you think it's beautiful. You, you have it. It's beautiful picture. How do you deal with the perfectionism? Do you, and the, I wouldn't say the anxiety, you, but who knows, but like actually showing your work, is it to be perfect or is it just, you know what I did? I'm happy with the way it came out and let me, let me show it to the world. Well, it's kind of a combination of both. Um, I would say that few of my photos do see the light of day. So <laughs> I take a lot more photos than I actually share. Um, and I share more on my Instagram than I would say is part of my portfolio. So the ones <laughs> I put on my website that I offer for sale are the ones that I feel are as close to perfect mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. I can get. Um, yeah. And that's even a subset of what I put on my Instagram. Um, so, yeah, for me, it really is. I mean, it has to be a picture that I really feel an emotional connection with. And um, just when I look at it, I think, wow, that's really beautiful. Um, and that doesn't happen for many of the photos that I take. Now, when you, when you, how do you measure it? Like in the sense of, because just because we're in the social media age and Instagram and, and you have a huge, I mean, you have a huge following. So you're, you, you know, you, people love your work. Do you use that as a measurement? Like, okay, well, this picture actually is doing really well. The market will like it. Or do you do like, you know what, that even though people love this, this is not the one I love the most. And this is not the one I would want to get for, you know, I wouldn't want put up for sale. Yeah, it's the second. So second. I don't use the number of likes and the number of likes is very fickle. So, okay. you know, I might post the same photo three times to Instagram and the second time out of the three could get way more likes than, gotcha. you know, the first or the third. So I don't mm. use that in any way to judge it. It's more just a feeling of what I feel is my best work. Gotcha. Cool, 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 cool. You do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? So uh, as far as uh, your secret sauce, what what do you feel like your maybe even like just a trait that you have, a skill that you have, but what do you feel like has contributed to your success as a landscape photographer? Okay, well, um, I've only really been doing photography in depth for about three years. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm just starting to develop this, you know, right. secret sauce or success, <laughs> as you say. There you go. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So for me, I think it's about envisioning what I would like as my final output of the shoot and then planning and executing towards that. So I, like I said, I don't always end up with what I envisioned, but having that vision 
helps me to put a plan and all the pieces in place together to achieve a final result. And of course, persistence. Like I said, for those two photos, which are my favorite, I kept going back until I got the conditions I wanted, or if not the conditions I wanted, conditions that produced something that I felt good about. Nice, 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 nice. Okay, okay, okay. So what does creating do for you internally? Uh, when, how does it, um, is it almost like a, a drug where you, you have to do it? Like you, um, or is it just something that's just, how important is it to you as an everyday thing? It's become very important to me. I love sharing with others my vision of nature through photography. And I continue to look for other ways to share this as well. Like recently, I've started doing online sessions to help other photographers with planning their shoots and learning the tools that I use to help them plan. And that is fulfilling me also in a way that in in addition to creating my own photos. So I think... um, you know, helping others to create photos and creating my own are both kind of intertwined for me. And I really enjoy nice. both. Nice, nice, nice. And now as far as um, you're, you're obviously helping others with their craft, but who inspires you or what inspires you in your craft? Um, well, nature is my biggest inspiration, but <laughs> I also yeah. take inspiration from other photographers, hikers, adventurers, and travelers, like really anything I see that looks like a cool place that is like, oh, I got to, you know, try my hand at that. And even just when yeah. I'm out driving, <laughs> like a lot of times I'll just drive through back roads in Utah and stuff, just looking for things that might inspire me to, you know, create a photo of it gotcha and then as far as like as your um because i'm sure you have well you kind of mentioned it you have your bucket list of places you might want to you want to shoot what do you have uh like your top two places that you dream of of going there and doing your thing um Yes. I mean, most of my bucket list is just like this particular rock in this particular place in Utah. But um, (laughs) the places I'd really like to get to that I haven't gotten to yet first is Iceland, which I plan to go there as soon as um, I can. This craziness. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And uh, secondly, I mean, I've been to the Dolomites and the Swiss Alps. And both of those places I love, they're right near each other. So I did it as one trip. And usually if I go to a place, I get all these ideas for like, this is what I'm going to do next time, you know? And so I have that my second top would be going back there um, to shoot that as well. Nice. nice. Try that again. Try that again. No, no, no. That's that's awesome. And um, what's one thing you wish you had known? Because I know you said you're about been doing it seriously for three years as far as photography but you've had a camera for a long time but what's one thing you wish you had known uh as you started this photography uh, journey so the tip that's helped me the most um that someone told me probably on one of the workshops i had been on or maybe in a tutorial is um try to identify what is your subject it sounds easy but it's harder in landscape photography than in other types of photography. 
identify what's the thing that drew you to the scene and made you want to take the photo. And whatever that is, everything else in the photo should help to draw you to that subject. If there's something that doesn't contribute to enhancing that subject or drawing your attention to that subject, then leave it out of the photo. And that's the thing that has helped me the most. And if I had known that at the beginning, I think I would have taken better photos off the bat. Nice. That's great. Oh, see, that's great advice. And that's great tip. Okay. Okay. See little, little photography 101 right now. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so as far as uh, what do you do to continue to, uh, besides taking, just take photos, but what do you do to like continue to master your craft? Okay. Um, well, I know I still have so much to learn. And like you said, mm -hmm. practice, practice, practice is mm -hmm. a big thing. But I try to attend workshops with photographers that I admire mm -hmm. um, and also watch tutorials as well as um, reading books. And uh, yeah, so I think those are the things that have helped me the most, especially the workshops, the in-person workshops are a really big thing to continue to learn from other people. Nice. Now, as far as like, uh, just like resources in general, like, is there a particular book that you're fond of that you can recommend? Yeah. So my favorite book on landscape photography, and I also recommend his workshops is from um, a photographer named Glenn Randall in Colorado. And he is not on Instagram or anything. He's kind of like an old time, you know, photographer. Um, but he has a book, the art, uh, the art, science and craft of landscape photography. And his motto is um, master the science and the craft and the art will follow. And that's kind of, you know, how I think about it as well, because, you know, the technical and the science behind it really makes a lot of sense to me. And that's kind of how he teaches. And I think that's how, why I identify with him so much. Um, and a lot of my skill in planning photography is thanks to him because he is a huge planner and he teaches you like how to use the tools to plan um, in that book, as well as in his workshops. It's really excellent. So I'll, put, I'll, I'll pick that one up. That sounds, that sounds awesome. So I created this, this, this acronym called WIDWID. So it's just why I do what I do. So why do you do what you do? I would say my inspiration and why I choose to do what I do is, like I said, nature itself, just the beauty of nature and wanting to convey how I see and experience the beauty of nature to others. So every time I end up with a picture that I feel really conveys that, um, and other people are like, wow, I really feel about this photo. Um, that inspires me to continue to do it. Great. That's awesome. Now let's, I guess, go away from photography and just talk about living life. <laughs> so, so as far as be, do any other creative outlets beyond uh, photography? Um, well, I used to be really into reading and doing puzzles, but since the pandemic, oh, okay. I've become a lot more interested in 
news. So now I spend most of my spare time watching the news and getting angry at the news. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's great. And I think a lot of people have gotten into the news. I like, <laughs> okay, okay. But but so puzzles, puzzles and reading was before the news. Um, <laughs> what, uh, as, as far as reading, like beyond, um, I guess, the nonfiction books, but are you, uh, do you read fiction books? Yeah, I've read a lot of fiction books. A lot of fiction. What, what's your favorite fiction book? Well, I really like like fantasy and sci-fi. Um, cool. And my name actually is from the Lord of the Rings, so oh, all that's right. okay. one of my favorite <laughs> books. Um, nice. And then I <laughs> and then another book I really like, and it it's been one of my favorites for a long time, is called The Power and the Glory by Graham Greene. Okay. Um, and it's a short book, but it's really good and impactful. And what would you say your perfect day is like? I think my perfect day, well, I have two very contrasting perfect ones, but they're both (laughs) spent with my family. So either a day at home where we're just, you know, playing games and hanging out together or a day where we're out hiking in nature, um, ending with a beautiful sunset would be the perfect day. Nice, nice. All right. So what I'm going to ask you, so these are kind of coming down to the end here. Uh, I have two questions, a uh, little deeper questions, and and one question's deeper, one's a quick answer. How do you, Arwen, want to define your legacy up to now as a photographer? Well, I'd like to um, have a legacy of having beautiful photos. But another thing that I've always um, strived to do in all aspects of my life, not just my photography, is to have women and girls, including my own daughters, I have two daughters who can look up to me as an example of accomplishing whatever they set their mind to. So it's kind of interesting that I've always been in areas that are more male dominated, Um, software development and landscape photography, Mm -hmm. both are. And I didn't choose them because of that. It just <laughs> seems to be what I'm attracted to. Um, so I hope by my doing and succeeding in these fields, I can help set that example. That's awesome. And last, uh, just finish this sentence. Arwen is? In awe of the beauty of our earth and the universe. And I hope that shows in my photos. Nice, 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 nice. So uh, how does someone get a hold of you socially or online? Uh, if you want to, your website, uh, what is your website? Right. So the best way is Instagram. Um, and you already said that's arwin.l. Um, but you can also visit my photography website, which is photographybyarwin.com. And I'll make sure everything's linked on the on your actual story when I have it on on the blog on the Scotch Potter blog. And Arwen, I want to thank you so much. You like got me pumped on your landscape photography, and I like I said from the beginning. I mean, it was instant. It was instant love when I saw your when I saw your your your, your grid. I was like, oh my god, I have to talk to her. <laughs> and 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 just talking to you, I mean, I just like it's great. It's great to see how your creative process, uh, how it develops and how it how you do you do what you do and it's it's an amazing and and never stop doing it yeah well thanks for having me on it was a nice conversation 
Thank you for listening to another Scotch Parlor podcast. Please visit scotchparlor.com to see short documentary videos, photos, and more podcast episodes of other inspiring creators. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Scotch Parlor. Till next time, cheers and go create. Thank you.